diabolical. Bent. Him. Ulysses. Everybody, this is Kimberly, and this is Katie, and you're listening to a date with Dateline. We're still trying out that new intro. Let us know if you like it. I so love far, it. So far, we've had one naysayer, and the rest were all positive. Why didn't they like it? They thought it doesn't sound as professional, and if new listeners come, they said it was more a treat for old listeners who know us. But if someone was new jumping into the podcast, they'd be like, "Hmm, what kind of podcast is this?" Okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> if we take out the, oh, because that's just because of Dateline, is that more profesh? Right. Or what if we just whisper, Dateline, Dateline. Oh, that would be good. Okay. I love the, ahs, though. I know. But well, let's try this time, just say Dateline, and I'll okay. insert that. We'll see what people say. I like it. We'll keep trying. Let us know. We're always evolving, guys. Appreciate the feedback. This is... An episode called Deadly Betrayal. Dateline Betrayal. See, it's not our intro that makes us sound unprofessional. It is just the natural course of our podcast. It's just talking. Just us. Uh Uh-huh. It's called Deadly Betrayal, and it aired January 16th, 2015, season 23, episode 16, hosted by Josh Mankiewicz, who we adore. And I've had this in my back pocket forever, and I wasn't sure about doing it. But then we did this Patreon Supercast live stream about Natalia Grace. And I was reminded of this episode that I've had in my back pocket. And I thought, this has very Natalia Grace vibes. And then for our live stream that we're recording tomorrow that you will have already missed, but you can go back and watch it if you're on Patreon Supercast, We're doing it 48 hours that also has a Natalia Grace storyline. So this is a trilogy of adoptions gone wrong. Oh, no. Through no fault of the child. Most of the time adoptions go right. I don't know. I actually don't know any statistics on it. But none of these cases should put you off adopting or fostering. If anything, these should make you not want to be adopted because it's the adopters that are causing most of the problems. Oh, unfortunately, yes. And when we're talking about Natalia Grace, we're talking about the curious case of Natalia Grace. So this is hosted by Josh Mankiewicz, our buff, BFF. No no one calls it that. And Lester gives away the whole story in the preview and uses the word diabolical. That's why I don't watch the preview. You got to skip the preview, people. And also... Why do my parents still want to watch the coming ups on 90 Day Fiance when we're going to watch that scene in 30 seconds after we fast forward through the commercials? Why? They insist on it? Insist. Would be upset if you just skipped forward? Yeah. Go back. Go back. And I'm like, it's the preview for for this commercial break. It's literally what we're going to see right after this commercial break. I think they think they need to see it twice (laughs) to understand what's happening. I don't think so. It feels like they genuinely think they're going to miss something. Like there is something in there that's not going to be shown. And if there was, I would not want to miss it. Like, you know me, I'm a compulsive rewinder to make sure I've gotten every single word, even of shows like 90 Day Fiance. Hmm. But on Dateline, the preview, this is the whole story. So don't watch it. And also, Mank used the word diabolical in the first 30 seconds. So we have two diabolicals. A, where'd you get that word? B, that's Dennis's word. 
I, I was wondering why you said it at the beginning. Twice. Wow. Lester and Mank. And it really is a diabolical story. Yeah, it really is. You hadn't seen this, right? I didn't know anything about this. Okay, good. November 2012, Willoughby Hills, Ohio. Willoughby, please bring the car around, Willoughby. It does sound like that. It also sounds a little bit like old-timey phone connectors. Can you give me 432 Willoughby Lane? Yeah. Willoughby Hills? Yeah. On Chagrin Drive, actually, it's called Chagrin Drive. I'm a little chagrined. I don't know about what. I'll be chagrined about there, something. There's soon. some chagrin coming. They all, I'll be chagrined in about two seconds, I'm sure. Someone will use a word that I haven't heard before, and then I'll be chagrined. Lisa and Kevin Knafel. They were destined to be together. Everyone says nostalgically, or rather, nostalgically. Oh, that was good. Nice. One. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that a lot in this episode. Their friends are Kaylee and Carl, which is just too precious. That's there's a lot of K's. In there's the first so many K's. Minute of this. Kevin and Lisa Knafel have been married before. Each had a child. Kevin was a jack of many trades: a truck driver, a school bus driver emergency medical technician all of those involve driving though so it's just different facets of driving i feel like he's a driver lisa worked in social work with children who suffered from sa now remember that for later also trigger warning for this whole episode absolutely lisa also took in foster kids when she was a single mom then she married kevin they had a baby of their own Two years later, she took in 16-year-old foster child, Sabrina Zunick. And Sabrina was so excited to finally have a family, and they were a loving family. Everyone got along until... Sabrina was 16? 16 when she got brought into the family as a foster child. Yeah. That's late, but very generous and kind, and I think more people should do it. I actually know someone who does that. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah so at 1 a.m., there's a 911 call from 13-year-old Megan crying and saying someone's stabbing her mom. And you can hear Lisa in the background saying, call 911, and she's dying. She's been stabbed. This is a really terrible 911 call. It's rough. And yeah. Megan is saying, my mom's going to die. It's horrible and so sad. The officer arrives and sees immediately now 18-year-old foster daughter, Sabrina, holding a knife and covered in blood. So Ooh. right away, we have our killer. That never happens on Dateline. Mm. He handcuffs her and he finds Lisa on the floor and she is dead and she has been stabbed 178 times. Is that the most we've, we've that's seen? The most, I, I think that's the most we've ever seen. That's way overkill. This is horrific. That's horrible. The f with a 15-inch bread knife. This is really awful. Which is why Katie used the word bent. Correct. And there mm. are some bent ways Morals. of thinking in this. Yeah, <laughs> in, as well. Now, Kevin is out of town for work at the time. I'm not sure where the other children were. There's a son, too. He was maybe with his mom. How old was Corey? Because I don't see him in a lot of the pictures He's either. Not. He was young, but I don't know, 10? So, so maybe that custody arrangement, it seemed like Megan 50 -50. was always in the house, the daughter of Lisa from her previous marriage. But Corey, the son, feels like you just don't see him in all of the pictures. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's with his mom. So Mank, who is so dapper, 
Did you see so that? So dapper. The pink and it's the pink pocket square is all pointy, just like the knitted cross stitch symbol and our logo on our t-shirts and stuff. It's, it's like great. that perfect. It's the classic mink outfit, I feel like. Yeah. It's very good. It looks like a mountain range, spiky, you know? I love that. Pink minky mountains. Yeah. So he says... This looks like a case that could be shut as quickly as it opened. But if that were true, we wouldn't be telling you this story. It wouldn't be a dateline. I love when he does that. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who the killer is, then you haven't been watching enough dateline. Yeah. And then he says, this turned out to be one of the most unusual cases we've ever come across. And I was like gauntlet thrown. I'm ready. This better be unusual. I was hoping it was not what I thought it was, and it indeed it, it was. So. Oh, you guessed right away. But this is one of the most ca- unusual <laughs> cases. That doesn't oh, work. Can unusual. I would try to find a lot of words that started with N for knafel, and I just c- couldn't. I <laughs> even searched for words that start with N and read through my whole recap, and there were like no words that started with N that I had used naturally. So I couldn't. It just... The Cabald and Cahat Detective Parmeter. See, it doesn't work. But the detective is bald and hot. He knows right away, obviously, it's foster daughter Sabrina. And she's telling the story that she couldn't sleep. She had a migraine. So she went to Lisa's bathroom to get some medicine. And that's when her memory went blank. She doesn't remember anything else. That's what she's saying right now. And then she asked for a lawyer so the detective can't talk to her any further. So he goes to her social workers, Nicole, who looks like, who does she look like to you? Nicole? Yeah. Maybe it was just me. Who? Stephanie Tanner, aka Jody Sweden. Yeah, a little bit. I think they could be sisters. I think the biggest clue right away, there is something else happening here or someone else is involved is in Sabrina's interview is that she asked for a lawyer and I don't feel like she would know to do that. That's a good point. Unless someone had said, if something happens, Mm. be sure to do this. Very smart. So Sabrina's history is that her grandma had taken custody of her at age three. And then she went on a bad path. She stole from her grandma to pay for drugs and alcohol. She went through counseling and she was placed with the Knafels. She was thrilled. She was thriving in their house. She started getting good grades. She was a great kid. So the social worker is shocked that Sabrina would do this. Doesn't make sense to her at all. The detective knows that it was Sabrina, but he can't let go until he knows the why, the kawaii. And he's going to find out. That's the kawaii. It sounds like the Hawaiian island. He learns that there had been some tension in the home recently because of Sabrina. Okay, so they weren't the picture-perfect family that Dateline had led us to believe. Right. Dateline lies to us all the time. Yes. Got to get used to it, They don't lie folks. to us. They misdirect us. Misdirect. Lisa had become frustrated with Sabrina's behavior towards Kevin. She seemed infatuated with Kevin. And this family friend, Linda, who is suing Amazon because she lost her earbuds. In an airplane. <laughs> One star. One star. I lost them. Hard to get out between the seats of the airplane. One star. Put one star. earbuds in wet spot on bathroom counter. Now, now they crackling don't work. sound. One star. <laughs> one star. <laughs> Couldn't see the puddle of water because counter was white. If Sorry. you don't know what we're talking about, Linda is something from our olden days, from early in this podcast where we decided, Linda, there was a Linda that we assumed might leave scathing reviews on Amazon and other places just anywhere she goes devil's bathtub she's based on a real person 
Right. And so then we thought that maybe all Lindas did that. Yeah, but they don't. And they're well-meaning. They're not mean-spirited. They're just no. leaving reviews that don't make a lot of sense. They're misdirected. They're misdirected. So Linda thinks that Sabrina was flirting with Kevin. And Sabrina was demanding Kevin's time. And Kevin was too available for her. Lisa had texted Kevin, cut the darn cord. Stop spending too much time with her and less with your real family. Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. That's not nice, Lisa. But that also maybe tells you how mad she was because we are being told over and over what a good heart Lisa had and spent all her time. And treated foster kids like her blood family. And then for her to say that, that does mean that she was very upset. Something was going on. Yeah. Lisa also thought that Sabrina was acting too much of a mother to their younger daughter, Haley, her and Kevin's little girl. And she didn't like that. No. Just weeks before the murder, the tension got to be too much. And Sabrina was told that she had to leave the house. And this was after 17 months only in the house. Oof. So the detective hears that Sabrina now wants to talk to him and she wants to talk to Dateline too. So she sits down with Mank. She tells Mank she wanted that dream family, the white picket fence, the safe family, what I think all kids want, especially kids in foster homes. Yeah. And living with the Knafels was a dream come true. She at first thought Kevin was like a doting father to her. And she and Lisa got along great. And they loved spending time together at first. But then Sabrina says Lisa started to treat her differently than the other kids. Switched on her and felt like an outsider. She felt very abandoned by that. And that triggered a lot of her abandonment issues that, of course, she has, obviously. Right. Lisa also wouldn't let her spend time with little Haley. And that hurt her feelings. And then Lisa basically told her, I don't want you here anymore. All of the abandonment came to the surface. So she went to Lisa's room and she was battling with herself in her head, like, do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it. And then Lisa woke up and thought she was Megan. And that's when she did it. She stabbed her. And then Megan came in and yelled at her to stop. She remembers the whole thing. Yeah, it's rough. So the detective thinks that this abandonment totally makes sense, that it triggered her. This has to be the easiest case ever. She is caught red-handed and she confessed. Right. Done. But there's more. Someone else was involved. Oh, boy. But before I tell you, I'm going to tell you about bowl and branch sheets. Ooh. I want everyone to close your eyes. No. Katie, do it. Don't you trust me? No. We're not even in the same room. You don't trust me? Absolutely not. (laughs) We're not in the same room. What can I do to you? Close your eyes and imagine, but not if you're driving. If you're in the same place. I am driving and recording at the same time. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash. The sheets are made from the rarest 100% organic cotton in a buttery, so buttery, it's like swimming in mashed potatoes that are swimming in butter, if that makes any sense. That sounds amazing. Right? Yeah. And they're breathable and it gets softer and softer over time. As soft as Taylor Swift's Lover album. As soft as the inside of a bunny's ear. As soft as Dennis Murphy's kind eyes. Oh, as soft as baby Ulysses while she sleeps on a softy blanket. 
Exactly. I opened up my new sheets and they were instantly the softest sheets I've ever owned. I didn't know how they could possibly get softer. I got the mineral color, which is like this deep blue. And I feel like I'm living in a luxury five-star hotel, even though my bed is actually an 18-year-old mattress with a dent on the side and I really need to replace it. It's time for a <laughs> change. concerning how old and gross my mattress is. What is going on with you? Change your mattress. We've been talking about this for several years. I know. I'm just like, don't want to call someone to take it away because I'm embarrassed. And so this is quality. You can feel the difference. And they have a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash and sleep in them for a month. And if you don't love them, you can send them back, but you will love them. They're loved by millions of sleepers. They're perfect for any season or climate. And they're made without toxins and harsh chemicals. Everyone is concerned about that now because you're sleeping and breathing in these fabrics all the time. So you don't want all that stuff in there. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. Also, they're labeled with top and bottom tags. So bed making challenged dodos like myself who struggle with that. What's no stop it. It takes at least three tries to get it on the right way, but not with the top and bottom tags. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl and Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code DATEDATELINE at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and branch, B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code DATEDATELINE. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Find out why we're bubsessed with Bowl and Branch. Oh, yeah. Bowl and Branch is the new Bugatti. Yes. It's the Bugatti of sheets. Your own Bolin Branch. Thank you so much, Bolin Branch. Best night's sleep in a sheet ever. Thank you. Katie, do you see these red spots on my chin? They're pimples. I'd like Mm. to introduce you to them. This one's Gino and this one's Jasmine. They don't like each other. They don't, and they should be separated from your face Mm -hmm. for all times. Much like I want them off 90 Day Fiance, I want them off my face. Totally agree. The new year is here. Kimberly and I are committed to kicking this thing off right. And that means finding small ways to help us look and feel our best, right? Mm -hmm. Prioritizing taking care of ourselves, both inside and out. Sleeping good in bowl and branch sheets. Looking good with nice skin. Helped along the way by apostrophe. My New Year's resolutions always seem to revolve around trying to be healthier in some way or another. I'm trying to walk this year. I'm doing walks one day of the week. I haven't started yet, but I still intend to every (laughs) week. And of course, I would love to have healthier, clearer skin in 2024. That's why we're so excited to be sponsored by Apostrophe. So whether you're dealing with hormonal acne, breakouts, signs of acne, or acne scarring, Apostrophe's mission is to empower you and help you feel confident and comfortable in your own skin. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. With Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear up acne. All you have to do is fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and your medical history. Then you snap a few selfies and a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan just for you. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all kinds of acne, which is great. I'm talking hormonal acne, face acne, back acne, Mm. and the dreaded 
and painful, but no. acne. No, I don't want to talk about that. I know, because it's painful for the spirit and it's painful <laughs> on your, your tush. Yep. Treat breakouts from head to toe with apostrophe. My skincare goals are always to get clearer skin, stop these ridiculous adult breakouts, and now really to improve my skin's texture for years of trying to not pick spots on my face but failing. It has done damage. Mm. And that's why I love the folks at Apostrophe, because now I have access to an expert dermatology team who can help me reach my goals. I love that my tailored treatment plan is perfect for me and for my ever-changing skin, because I'll tell you what, when I first started Apostrophe a few years ago, my skin was one thing. Now we're in a whole different category. I need moisture for sure. Mm -hmm. And then I need a dark spot corrector at this point, because the little scars that I have have just turned into a dark pigmentation. Yep. I got those. Mm -hmm. It's so simple to sign up. There's no in-person appointment needed. I do it all through my phone. And also, there's no trip to the pharmacy because whatever I am prescribed is delivered right to my door. So what are you waiting for? We have a special deal right now for our listeners. You can get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash date dateline when you use our code date dateline. That's a savings of $15 right off the jump. This code is available only to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline. Click Get Started, then use our code date dateline at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you so much, Apostrophe, for putting a period at the end of my skin troubles. Yay! Thank you, Apostrophe. So, Sabrina tells Mank, I take responsibility for my actions, but it wouldn't have happened if not for him. And who is him? Kevin, her foster father, him? Yeah. Yes. Kevin had grown to hate Lisa even more than Sabrina did, per Sabrina. In the 17 months that she was with the family, Kevin had started confessing to Sabrina, I wish Lisa was dead. Kevin also said Lisa has multiple life insurance companies and was worth more dead than alive. Life insurance policies or companies? What did I say? Companies. Policies. Lisa could own multiple life insurance companies. She could. She could own these companies. The detective had suspected there was more that Sabrina wasn't saying, but he didn't think it was this involved. I don't know if he thought it was this either. Did he think it was this, but maybe not this much? Or did he just not think it was this? I think he thought that probably Sabrina was obsessed with him. So... He thought that this was involved tangentially because that was part of her motive for doing it, mm. but not in the way that he's actually involved. Gotcha. Right. He just thinks in her mind she's doing this. Right. But that's what I would think first as the detective. This is but. Sabrina's fantasy and she can get rid of Lisa and be with Kevin. She would take over as mom. Yeah. Megan would go away somehow. Corey yeah. would never come back. And then little Haley, the young yeah. Haley would. Yeah. But it's actually a two way relationship. Sabrina and Kevin were having sex mm. six to eight months before the murder. And she says she fell in love with him. Let's talk about the ways that this is wrong. Let's talk about, Let's talk about the, the ways that this is illegal. Ick. So yeah. number one, she was 17 or 18 at the time. However, I did give it a bing. And in Ohio, the age of consent is 16. However, 
even if someone is of the age of consent, there are laws that criminalize sexual activity if there is a particular relationship of trust, authority, or dependency. For example, a teacher-student relationship or a coach-athlete relationship. I'm guessing foster father would count in that. Thanks, Bing. You've done it again. Wow. But does that feel like it could get muddy real fast and be very hard to argue in court? Honestly, age of consent is so muddy anyways. You have the Romeo and Juliet laws, all that stuff. That's Romeo and Juliet laws? Yeah. If let's say the guy is like 18 or 19 and the girl is 17, that's technically illegal, but not really. They don't know if it should be because they're very close in age. They are kind of peers if well, that makes sense. That would be a technicality. I would say it's it would not need like he's to be 40. a four-year age gap. They would need to come up with whatever age seems appropriate until some horrible thing happens where it's whatever. They need to come up with the gap. I don't There's know. There's lots of gray areas that make it very, yeah, this very is messy. tricky. So number two is that totally breaks that part of the rule. Number three, he's married. That should be in there, too. Number four, he's married to someone who brought her into their home as a child. Yeah. And also, number five, him? Ew. Yeah, pretty much. This is so messed up on even more levels, too, because of her situation in life. She is a girl with abandonment issues. Yeah. He was in a position of a father figure to her. Which is all she wanted, according to the foster company, right? That's yes. All that she wanted was to become part of a family. Yeah. So completely taken advantage of it's by this It's like wolf. the most messed up thing that I can imagine. It's pretty bad. It's a 10 out of 10. It is diabolical. Yeah. So I'm taking back when I said, don't use that word. That's Dennis's word. Where'd you get that word? Where'd you get that? That's for longtime listeners, too. Dennis Murphy once said, diabolical. Where'd you get that word? Almost like he had never heard it before. It was, we know it, he's heard it before. I'm sure he has. He's a he very smart man. invented it. So now it's his word. So Kevin promised Sabrina the world, and he played on her love of little Haley, his and Lisa's daughter. He said they could have their own house. She could be Haley's mom. She could no. go to college. No. She could all of her dreams come true. Again, this girl is 17 turned 18. He says, but you can only have all this if you kill Lisa for me because I don't have the balls to do it. So I am making this underage girl who is dependent on me do it. In what universe is this going to turn out okay? Right. Where like she doesn't get caught? Or yeah, exactly. What, what was the plan exactly yeah. for her to do this? You can't even trust a teenager to do their homework without supervision, to not ride their skateboard on a ramp and then fall and then go into a coma without your supervision. But you trust a teenager to commit a murder and not get caught? Have you seen the kids on, like the teenagers on trampolines breaking their ankles? Just all over America's Funniest Home Videos. Let's talk about the milk crates again. Milk crate challenge. That's what teenagers do when they don't have supervision. But you're going to trust one to commit a murder and not leave evidence? Okay, good job, Kevin. Kevin is not the cabritest bulb. Kevin is a idiot. Yeah. So Sabrina says, you know, I was in love with him. And basically, you'll do anything for someone you love. Sweetheart, you were manipulated by him. Yeah, but she doesn't know that. No. That's so hard to. mm. Yeah. So first, they talked about Sabrina shooting Lisa. 
Then they thought about hiring a hitman. And then they landed on Sabrina would stab her while she slept when Kevin was out of town. Kevin picked out the knife. He said it would do more damage on the inside. Okay, it couldn't get worse and then it's just worse. This is your wife of many years. You have a child with her. You are a disgusting. Did Lisa meet with his ex-wife before they got married? Yeah, what's his ex-wife's story? What does she think about him? See her on Dateline. We get a lot of extraneous people in this episode, like 12. Yeah. It seems. We could have had her be one. He is going up there in the top 10 most evil people on the show. Certainly the grossest. He's disgusting. And I am counting Master Bob in his sex dungeon. Yeah. I'm counting. He also moved very quick. This all happened in 17 months. That's very fast. That's a year and a half between when she first gets there. It's almost like I wonder who pushed this adoption of Sabrina. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Originally, it was Lisa. She had already had foster kids. But did he already have this plan? And thought, see, or did he not plan to kill his wife for the money and sleep with an underage girl? And then it just happened because he turned into an evil turd overnight. Sorry, did Lisa know Sabrina before they met? No, did she I don't work think with so. her at the okay? Oh, that's a good question because she did work with children mm-hmm. who were in abusive relationships and mm-hmm. abusive situations and stuff like that. Interesting. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Sabrina was supposed to take Lisa's jewelry and make it look like a robbery. Oh, there was a plan. Okay, but there we go. I missed that. So why? But how are they? First of all, Megan's there. Did they not think Megan was going to wake up and see that it was Sabrina? Correct. Did she think Lisa was going to die quietly after being stabbed hundreds of times? I think there might have been a way that she was supposed to stab her and she did it wrong. Oh, the silencing kill first or something. Correct. Yeah, that's for trained assassins on Killing Eve. That's not for a teenage girl. Right. With a giant bread knife that's hard to wield. It's like a sword. Yeah. Like a saber, and you don't know what you're doing. So when Kevin's friend Linda hears the story, she doesn't believe that Kevin would do it. She's in denial, (laughs) and she thinks that he is the nicest guy. Sabrina is psycho, and this is all on her. Kevin's sister also doesn't believe it. He would never do this. And no one can manipulate someone into killing somebody. Watch Dateline. It happens all the time. She hasn't seen Dateline. No. And I feel bad. Linda's made a bad call here. I think Linda's going to regret this decision. I hope she's come around. I feel like Linda's savvy. I don't know. I got a vibe. I got a vibe too. That's why I was surprised, especially because Dateline goes, this is what Linda had to say at the time or something. Me too. And I was like, oh, she's going to come around. She's going to. I love when they come around, but she doesn't come around. We need an update episode. I feel like she also just wasn't 100% so said, this is what I think right now. Right. Now his sister is family in denial is always a thing. It's hard for families. That's and I give them a little more grace. But Linda, come on, girl. You know it. So all these people are supporting Kevin and they think Sabrina was delusional. She was in this fantasy world and she created this web of lies in her head that she could be the wife of the house and all of this stuff. Now they say they never saw anything inappropriate between Kevin and Sabrina. So they don't believe there was the relationship there. Now Linda had said though earlier she saw Sabrina flirting. But I guess she never saw Kevin reciprocating. She saw her flirting with Kevin. Yeah. 
I need a detailed, they don't give us any stories on this. I really would like to judge for myself. Yeah. Well, we do get a story later from a teacher. So the detective. We get one story. We get one story. This should have been a two hour. The detective disagrees. He believes Sabrina. He thinks there was an affair and a plot to murder Linda. But there's no proof like love letters or photos. But he really believes in Sabrina and she's never changed her story. Once she told him what happened, she stuck with it. When he interviewed Kevin, Kevin had an attorney and would only answer questions about Lisa's work and not about the murder. So... Just to clarify, your wife is murdered and you won't answer questions about the murder, but you'll happily tell the detective about her job. I know that we're not supposed to judge, especially something like that, where the lawyer is saying only say this. Well, that's a bad lawyer. Don't talk about this, but it's making you look more guilty. Tell me you're guilty without telling me that you're guilty. Mm -hmm. What this is. Don't you want to help solve your wife's murder? The lawyer can be there for sure. You have the right to a lawyer to help you from saying anything incriminating. No, he's not trying to solve the murder. They know who committed the murder. So see, that's why also this is a little different territory. They're trying to find out if he was involved in other ways. Right. But he won't talk about the murder. Yes. Weird. So you know how we were talking recently about how soon is too soon to file for the life insurance policies? The money. What did we say? I think we said within a month is okay. We said within a month is totally appropriate. Especially when you're paying for really expensive. Exactly. Funerals, children to support. The business of death is, I believe, what it's called. It's awful. Even sooner if you have children. I'll tell you what's too soon. Within hours of the murder. Did they say eight hours? No, they said within hours. I think it was less than that. Kevin, what's going on? This feels like the biggest... Are you trying to look guilty? Is he in the middle of a crisis? He is in the middle of an extreme, extreme, extreme midlife crisis. Because that's what kind of this feels like, where it's, I want to be young again, and I need to start over. And then sometimes people just erase everything. When Bob went through his midlife crisis, he got a red convertible, and he dyed his tips, he frosted his tips blonde, and he got an earring. And it was ridiculous. And we all laughed at him. But But did he did he think like, no, you guys are all fools? Yeah. I am the one. Was that how he handled yes. it? Yes. Yes. Because the hairstylist told him he looked great. So he did not bring in a foster child underage and start a relationship with her and convince her to murder Joni. That's good. In my midlife crisis, I'm going to get a neck tattoo. Do it. I won't Um, even judge you. The bar has now been so lowered for what's an appropriate midlife crisis. I just want a van and drive around the country. With me and my neck I'm thinking of going on a cruise by myself. That's my midlife crisis. I'd be excited. So Kevin started filing for the life insurance claims for $800,000 because Lisa had multiple policies within hours of her dying. He did not take care of the kids with that money. He bought cars, plural, a camper, which I would like to borrow, and he remodeled the house. No. Why do they keep saying that he remodeled the inside of the house? They say it twice, the the interior. The the detective goes, he remodeled the house on the inside. Why do we care? Was it so that like people wouldn't know he was spending the money? Was that the gist Uh, of that? That it was... 
like the neighbors, they would see workmen though. Or was he like building himself something special, like a bowling alley in the house? You know, a master Bob sex dungeon. Right. I didn't want to say that. I went with bowling alley, but interesting. I think the detective was just awkward in that moment and said on the inside, but the way he made it sound was very pointed. He did. Maybe he didn't want Dateline to drive by the house to see that there was, didn't look like anything had been done. And then he'd look like a liar. We don't think you're (laughs) lying at all. We believe you. We totally believe everything that you're saying. Yeah. Oh, really, detective? He remodeled? Okay. I'm going to have to go check that out. And then Josh whips out Polaroids of the house. Yeah. Show me the remodeling, detective. <laughs> Show me where that was done. Getting the ring cam footage from the neighbors so they can see the remodeling happening because they don't believe him. I'm wondering if that came up in trial, actually. <laughs> Did you remodel on the inside or yeah. the outside? And that's why he has to clarify. There was something about it that made it seem like it was an uh, we're important missing clarification. Something. We're yeah. missing something. I won't miss it again. <laughs> the prosecutor is like, was it on the inside or the outside? The inside. And then he turns to the jury and he goes, the inside, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. He remodeled. On the inside, and they're all like peas and carrots, peas and carrots on the inside. Remodeled on the inside. I think that guilty. I think they're what you and I are doing, which is like would be looking at him and then sort of look at each other and be like, "What is that supposed to mean?" Because <laughs> we, we both missing? picked up on it. Yeah. How oh, funny boy. he said it. He really did make it seem like it was very important. Yeah. Okay. So let us know, please, if we're missing something. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a reason. Okay, thank you. Is remod- is interior remodeling a euphemism for something? Right, right. Like working on yourself? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So the detective arrests Kevin and charges him with planning the murder. And Sabrina agrees to testify and will get a lesser sentence. And at this point, Oof. Mank seems unsure what to think. Like he's challenging the detective a bit. He's saying, so your whole case is based on Sabrina, who is a murderer and has reason to lie to get a lesser sentence, which is true. True. It's true. So Kevin goes on trial for conspiracy to commit murder and Essuel battery against Sabrina, but he denies everything. So the prosecutors pull in people who saw inappropriate behavior. Now, unfortunately, we are just seeing a montage of all of these people, and we're not getting to hear all of this inappropriate behavior. Not that I want to hear it. It's gross. But I kind of want to know what these people saw. We hear specifically from a teacher at Sabrina's school who spotted Kevin after school and saw Sabrina sitting on Kevin's lap inside his legs. And the teacher said he did a double take, which you would, because that's super inappropriate. All of weird vibe, which means something's off. Yeah. It's about the vibe. Yeah, and the vibe was we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) The vibe was illicit. Oh, my God. Okay. Stephanie Tanner, I mean the social worker, Nicole, says that a month before the murder, this is bad, Kevin called her and said his marriage was in trouble and they were considering divorce. She was very surprised. And he has a question. In a divorce... Would Sabrina be able to come and live with me? Nope. No, Kevin, because why would you want her to do that? Right. She thought it was very weird because I think Lisa had been the foster parent. She's, I think, the one that initiated. She worked with foster children. And also Sabrina was 18 at that time. Also, why? 
No, no. There's no way that that's okay. There's no reason or excuse to make that fine. It's very strange. So she thought that was very weird. And also this was a month before the murder. Mm -hmm. So cell phone data also shows that in a two-week period, Kevin texted and called Sabrina 1,500 times. And he texted and called his wife 200 times. Your Honor, the prosecution rests. Done. That's all you need to say. Done. If I was a jury member, I'd be like, okay. They're having an affair. Now, the lengths to which the people that are defending Kevin go right now to defend him on this is bizarre. It's ridiculous. But they have one more person for the prosecution, and this is very damning. After Lisa's murder, Kevin's friend David Strunk says that Kevin was desperate to visit Sabrina in jail no. the day after the murder to tell her that he was there for her. Absolutely not. No. She killed your wife. I get forgiveness and all that, and usually I make fun of the people who want forgiveness on Dateline. Forgiveness is totally fine, but a day after... You have already forgiven her and you want her to know that you're there for her and you support her. She stabbed her 178 times. Again, it bears repeating. But you're there for her and you were desperate, like anxious, he said, to go talk to her. I have to go talk to her. Kevin is a kaninkumpoop. Yeah. So prosecutors think it was not to tell her that he was there for her. It was to make sure that she wasn't going to talk to detectives and give him up. Clearly. Actually, yes. That's probably what it was. Yeah. So Sabrina takes the stand and she is crying real tears as she talked about how she stabbed Lisa. She says she was manipulated to do it. Prosecutors think she does a good job and seems very convincing. I think she did too. I thought she did pretty well. We don't get to see much. We don't get to see much and we don't know what headspace the jury members are in or what prejudices they are coming into it with. Yeah. Agreed. Because everyone comes in with their own life experiences. So then Sabrina's high school friend Autumn testifies. She says she had known about the murder plan and Kevin's involvement. Sabrina had actually called Autumn and asked Autumn, can you find a hitman? And she could hear Kevin in the background talking. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they talk about paying the hitman by agreeing to deliver drugs for him. What? This is teenage logic. Add it to the hitman spreadsheet. I don't even know. A delivery driver for drugs as payment. I don't even know if these girls have cars. Are they going to deliver the drugs on bikes? Well, apparently they don't because of what happens. Pass them out at school? Drugs don't weigh a lot. I would think an Instacart grocery delivery person is working harder to pay off a hit than I would because groceries are heavy. It depends on the amount of drugs. Yeah, I don't think they're doing like bricks of cocaine. Like you have to bring a dolly to wheel them in. Yeah, I really. This isn't yeah, like Cocaine Bear where it's like a plane full. No, this is Willoughby Hills. No. I don't know what goes down there, but it's probably no. not giant bricks of cocaine. But my Instacart drivers are working their butts off and they are paying off something and they deserve it because I order the heaviest things. I order lots of Sprite Zeros. Oh, that's cruel. 
I know. But when I go to the store, I think I'm getting one thing and I have one bag, one recyclable bag, but then I overflow a cart mm. and then I either have to go out to my car and it's a whole, di- I don't know what I'm doing in the grocery store. I know you're supposed to shop the outside rows, but I'm drawn to the inside rows. That's outside where the good rows. stuff is. And all the stuff in there has ingredients I can't pronounce and I know that's not good either. That's mm. why I'm so pumped to have discovered Daily Harvest yes. and have it in my freezer. Daily Harvest delivers delicious smoothies and meals built on organic fruits and vegetables and it's delivered to my house. I've tried to buy fruits and vegetables at the grocery store and I'll always pick up the one that has mold on it and then be like, now I'm turned off of the whole thing. I tried. It's like God does not want me to eat fresh because I can never find the good ones. It's not hard with Daily Harvest though. They have so many smoothie and meal options that are ready in minutes. My new favorites or my new favorites are the acai and cherry smoothie that tastes like an acai bowl in my house. Yes. It's amazing. Really good. And then these hazelnut and chocolate bites that taste like crunchy Nutella, but it has healthy stuff like avocado and magnesium and chia and dates and like health in them and you eat them right out of the freezer. So if I'm headed out and need like a little thing, I just grab a few. Perfect. Amazing. And these harvest bowls are so good. The broccoli and cheese has no cheese. It's made with something that vegetarians and vegans live on, nutritional yeast. <laughs> and it has sweet potatoes in it. But it tastes like broccoli and cheese, like the kind my mom used to make, the frozen kind. Yes. You know? Honestly, I'm really enjoying how many more nutrients I'm getting in with Daily Harvest. I'm shocked that it could taste this good. And it's making me crave less processed foods and more fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Truly, it's like I'm retraining my palate. I'm, I'm still going to eat Cheetos. I'm just not going to eat them every day. That's great. Because I also have fruits and vegetables and they're so good. Take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash date dateline and get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash date dateline for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Dailyharvest.com slash date dateline. Daily Harvest is daily goodness in your freezer. Daily. Harvest up some good habits in the new year with Daily Harvest. Instead of Pedro harvesting the American dollar on 90 Day Fiance, try Daily Harvest. There we go. Thank you, Daily Harvest. Thank you, Daily Harvest. Woohoo. Autumn and Sabrina are such cute teen girls in their photos with the kissy duck lips. Yeah. And they have that air about their skin that is like just youth. Oh, yeah. That I used to have and take for granted. Also that it's easier to put makeup on, right? Because there's no little lines. It's just, yeah, you're good. You just sort of scrunch up your hair into a ponytail and then you put on a few things of makeup and you're out the door. Well, you can still do that now because actually I'm trying to simplify my makeup routine right now. What? But what makes it okay now as an adult is that I use products that are good and good for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking Thrive Cosmetics. I'm talking that wonderful turquoise tube of mascara that's gone viral, taking the internet by storm. Everyone loves it for a reason, but it's not just that. Thrive makes incredible products across the board, both skincare and makeup. Mm -hmm. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free as well. They're all made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. They're high-performance and trademarked formulas with uncompromising standards. Mm -hmm. That's what Thrive is. And it's really easy to see why they're best 
bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews thousands. I am a couple of them. Also, you can feel good about buying from Thrive because for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. And you can check out the list of all the places they've donated in the past year on their website. It's incredible and inspiring. Oh, I love that. I know, bigger than beauty. So let's talk about the best companion for the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, which again, if you haven't tried that, run, don't walk to your computer and buy that mascara right now. But I love pairing it with the Brilliant Eye Brightener. The Brilliant Eye Brightener is a highlighter stick that is made to brighten and open your eyes. It's the kind of thing where you really can just use that, use the mascara, and you look awake and well-rested. I don't know how it works. It's like an instant eye lift in a tube. It's amazing. I use it for all of our live streams so I don't scare the nice people. It also looks great up close in person. Some of these highlighter sticks can be really jarring and you can sort of (laughs) tell what's going on. This is the one stick that I would say looks incredibly natural and you really just look brighter and more awake rested. Mm -hmm. It's a foolproof formula that is incredibly easy to apply. And you can blend any of the 16 shades because they also make darker shades of the brilliant eye brightener that you can just use as an eyeshadow one and done. So what are you waiting for? Thrive Cosmetics has so many incredible products for you to try it out. And don't forget when you're browsing their site to check out the sets because sometimes you can get really great deals with their value sets by buying a few tubes of the mascara or a mascara, an infinity waterproof eyeliner and a brilliant eye brightener all together as one. I love the value sets. But Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. And right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first order. It's 2024. Thrive like never before. Thank you so much, Thrive. Thank you so much, Thrive. So the girls, Autumn and Sabrina, are on the phone talking about if they can pay the hitman by delivering drugs for him. And at this point, Sabrina hands the phone to Kevin. And Kevin says to Autumn, do you need me to take you to go run drugs? So they don't have a car. So they definitely don't have a car. And... Autumn says this is in reference to the hit. He knows what they're talking about. He's in the room when they're on the phone. Finally, Autumn decides she doesn't want anything to do with it, which is the smartest decision she ever made, Autumn. Second smartest would have been to maybe warn Lisa and give her a heads up. It is a good job, but I would like to know that whole story, please. Yeah. Do you think there's more? Yes. After the murder, Detective Parmator asks Autumn, will you call Kevin and try to get him to talk and we will do a wiretap? Autumn says yes. Go Autumn. Yeah, this is good. The prosecutors play the call in court and Autumn calls Kevin. This is after the murder. Autumn says, the only thing I'm worried about is the whole hitman thing. So you would think Kevin would say, what whole hitman thing? What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. But Kevin says, honestly, I don't know. Sabrina talked a big game about a lot of things. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. So he he definitely knew about it, but he's also putting all of the blame in Sabrina's court like it was her plan. Two days after this phone call, the detective talks to Kevin and asks about Autumn. And Kevin's like, 
Uh, Autumn. Uh, I think she has a high school friend named Autumn, but I'm not sure. Like he hadn't just talked to her on the phone. So now it's the defense's turn. You're going to hear some nonsense. Get ready. Oh, yeah. So the lawyer says there's not one scintilla of evidence. And while I do love that word, I think he's wrong. It's a lot of circumstantial evidence, though. But circumstantial evidence is fine. It used to all be circumstantial evidence before DNA. Hmm. Remember the pencils, Kelly Siegler and the pencils. 90% of these cases that we cover are just circumstantial evidence. Yeah. So he asks each person that took the stand and said they saw inappropriate things, why they didn't file a report if they thought it was serious. That is a very smart move on his part, though. It is. He says to Mank, there were eight to 10 people who said they saw inappropriate things, and these were mandated court reporters, and none of them reported anything. Now, to me, it's more shocking that there are eight to 12 people who saw inappropriate things And also, I think it just means those 8 to 10, 12 people were not that good at their jobs. I think that those 8 to 12 people probably just were like, "Mm, no, I don't know if I saw that quite right. Yeah, it couldn't be. I saw it wrong. Someone else will say something. The bystander effect, even though these are mandated court reporters. Also, they point out that Lisa was a mandated reporter and she didn't report anything. Well, yeah, that's different. I don't think Lisa knew. I don't think Lisa knew she had problems, but it was also her husband. So it's not like she's going to call and report her husband unless she was sure. And she was working. She did know there was a weird relationship going on. A vibe. There's not. You can't report that. Officer, there's a vibe. Yeah. There's a vibe going on in my house that I'm Mm -hmm. not happy with. Also, let's not blame the victim. So Kevin's sister thinks the number of texts that went on between Kevin and Sabrina was not weird at all. She says, there's more text between my husband and our daughter than between me and my husband. (laughs) Okay. Don't say that out loud. Don't say that out loud. Mm -mm. But also, that's your husband's actual biological daughter, not a foster teenager that he took in 17 months ago. Right. There's a difference there. I also don't think it's this number. This number is 200 versus what's... 1,500. How do you get the percentage on that? It is 7.5 times more. Okay, there we go. I did the math. Seven and a half times more. more. What? No. Seven (laughs) and a half times more. Don't do percentages. Why not? If you take 200 and multiply it by seven and a half, you get 1,500. So what's the percent? That you don't need to worry about the percentage. (laughs) There's no percentage. I'm stuck on it. It's a times situation. How do you get the percentage though? 7.5, that would be 750% or something. Nope, we got to keep moving. Sorry, I messed it up. I just needed to know if there was an easy way to get a percentage and we can't do it. No, it's 7.5 times more, which is easier. That's a lot more. And I don't think the difference between you and your daughter's texts is that much. And if it is that different, one of you is like me and hates being on the phone. Or Or she's having trouble. The daughter is going through something. Yes. And so the husband is doing these constant checks. So the defense attorney says we can't judge someone's emotional response after their wife is killed, which is true. 
That's true. We always say that. Now, family friend Linda says, I did think it was strange that he wanted to visit Sabrina the day after the murder, but I think he probably just wanted to ask her why she did it. No, that other friend snuck, stuck, stuck, whatever his name was. Yeah. He said he wanted to go to tell her he was there for her. Ask Linda about that. Linda's having a hard time. Yeah. Linda's going through some things. And then she says he filed the life insurance claims because he had their kids to worry about financially. So he needed money in the hours after she was murdered. Okay. Linda, you know, that's a stretch. You know, you're if it was a few days after we can get that, that, okay, he he became immediately concerned because maybe she made the more money in the house or whatever. We don't know what their financial situation is, but hours, hours, you'd still be trying to figure out like logistics, how to tie your shoes again. Yeah. You'd be like, my whole life has just been turned upside down. He also had to travel back. Oh, that's right. Also, I think emotionally just to make that call to life insurance companies and tell them your wife is dead, you would need a couple days. It's not the best call. No. No. So, Sometimes it, you have other people make that call. Yeah. He called within hours. So the defense says, but there's no normal behavior after a murder. I'll tell you what's okay. not normal is <laughs> Kevin Knafel's spiky hair. I don't know. It's that porcupine look, that Bart Simpson. It's Back defense, to the Future Biff. So the defense says, how was he supposed to act when Autumn mentioned the hitman? Was he supposed to be angry? Was he supposed to be defensive? And Mank says, I think he was supposed to be something. I loved it. This was my favorite line in the whole thing. I think he was supposed to be something. Yeah. Like any emotion. Yeah. And the defense says, well, that's his demeanor. So apparently Kevin's demeanor is not asking what when he doesn't know what someone is talking about this isn't like if keith morrison uses rough hewn in a conversation and i just go along with it and pretend that i knew that word and i don't say what this is someone mentioning a hitman okay and also besides all of this why are you taking a call from a 16 or 17 year old girl yeah how soon after your wife has passed right murdered yeah this this is quickly after also you know she was murdered by sabrina right her friend calls and mentions a hitman wouldn't you again in the spirit of wanting to get to the bottom of your wife's incredibly violent murder go what are you talking about sabrina did it what hitman did she try to hire a hitman what are you talking about is there a hitman out on me? Is there a hitman out on our children? What are you talking about? Wouldn't you at the very least also think, okay, if you knew you did do it, be like, uh-oh, I'm being set up. It's weird for her to call me and bring this up. You would go, what hitman? I don't know anything about a hitman. I think you might just hang up. Yeah, I gotta go. Also, why do you have a teenage girl's phone number in your phone? Well, maybe she called him. She did call him. No, that's what I mean. Why would you pick up a random number? Yeah, some people do. My mom does. And then she complains that it's telemarketers. I'm like, why did you answer? I did it the other day. Yeah, sometimes curiosity. So the defense says that Autumn is unreliable. Normally, I would agree because she's a dreaded teen. Yeah. 
And teens are, we know what, how we feel about teens. She's not a teen boy, though. Sorry. She's not a teen I'm, boy. I'm a little it's... bit gender biased against teen boys versus yeah. teen girls. Still, teen girls also do a lot of murdering in on Dateline shows. They absolutely do. So, yeah. So, tricky. Autumn had originally told police that Sabrina didn't really talk about the murder in front of Kevin and that he didn't really know that she knew, that Autumn knew. So she never really said that he didn't know. She said they didn't talk about it in front of him, even though later she says they had this phone call where he was in the background. So that's contradictory. And she said Kevin didn't know that she, Autumn, knew that Sabrina was talking about a hitman, which is also contradictory. But I think she was scared. She was talking to police after the murder, like right after the murder. I would be scared. Your friend's in prison. But he's still out. Yeah. So what if he comes after you? And he's a grown man again. There's a power dynamic there. You're a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. So the defense says that Sabrina is disturbed. And he pulls the knife out, the actual knife, and he starts waving it around in front of her and showing how bent it is from the stabbing. And Sabrina is crying and it's hard to watch. And he's also drinking a blue Gatorade. And that just makes him so unlikable. It really does. Don't do that. That's a bad choice. That is distracting. It makes whatever you think about Gatorade, whatever if where blue falls on your you know, list of favorite flavors. This guy also, is he running a marathon? Does he need electrolytes (laughs) while he's torturing this poor damaged girl on the stand? He's really worried about his hydration. He's going to lose balance. I mean, it's distracting. So it just makes the, I would be distracted if I was a juror. A bottle of water water is distracting. Anything but water is totally distracting. Because if he's drinking a giant Pepsi, you're going to go, oh, my God, he's a Pepsi man. I don't trust him because Coke is the bomb and Pepsi is nasty. So like you start thinking things. But water is neutral. Totally neutral. The courtroom's water, by the way. Not like a specialty water you brought in. Right. Just in a glass. Blue Gatorade is also something a bow would drink. And he is a grown man, an attorney. It looks ridiculous. Anything blue raspberry flavor or like blue Bahama Blast, whatever it's called. Like No, don't. No, the great blue dini. (laughs) That's something like a skateboarding teen doing the milk crate challenge. Stop. It's the best Kool-Aid flavor. And also remember, I was obsessed with that specialty Mountain Dew over the summer, summer breeze or whatever. I know, but you drink a lot of... I wouldn't drink Bow it in drinks. a courtroom. You d- exactly. You drink a lot of power drinks and monsters and stuff, but you wouldn't do it in the courtroom. Or if you did, you would pour it into a thermos so no one saw what it was that you were drinking. Correct. Because you have a normal amount of shame about your drinking habits. Well, I just don't want to detract from what I'm doing. It's my job. Exactly. This guy, I don't, yeah, the blue Gatorade's not smart. Don't do no. that again. So jurors take 10 hours, and I was a little nervous. I did not know. Me too. So was I. They come to a verdict, and we see this guy go out to the side of the courtroom, and he he announces to everyone, we have a verdict. And it was so dramatic, and I want that job. I love the person on Law & Order that comes in. We have a verdict. That's the woman that got in trouble in the Murdoch trial. Of course it is. Clerk of court. Yeah, but we still don't know if she's guilty. No, we don't know anything. The defense is super shady as well. So 
No, they that whole just, thing is bizarre, and I haven't bizarre. heard much about it. But all of the cases are upside down right now. There's too much. So it's hard to keep track right now. It is. And there's too many TikTokers weighing in without facts. So they, that's literally their job. Yeah, I understand. But I want the job to go, we have a verdict. You'd be great at that. I would look side to side first. Like I'd walk in, stop, get into a stance, look side to side to mm-hmm. make sure everyone's listening. And if they weren't listening, what do you do? <clears throat> or I just wait. I literally just wait until the room gets quiet. And people notice that you're there. Okay, got it. And I'm not moving. I'm just standing there like I'm on RuPaul's Drag Race and I'm at the end of the runway. Wait a minute. I would vote for you. Thank you. It's an elected position. Thank you. So they find Kevin. Vote for Kimber. Yay. People are dying. They're like, just tell us the verdict. They find Kevin guilty of S.A. on Sabrina and conspiracy to commit murder, everything, et cetera, other charges, all wow. of the things, and he gets life in prison. Great. Yay. Now, his friend Linda thinks he's innocent, and she would stake her life on it. I want to know okay. how she feels now. Linda, these are big words. Big words. Sabrina also gets life, but she will be eligible for parole after 30 years. Mm. She would be 50, and okay. she could get out earlier, I think. I'm sure. She was tried as an adult, though, even though she was 17. She was 18. When she committed the murder? Yes. But she went there when she was 16. Uh Uh-huh. So she was 16 turning 17 going into their house. Maybe she was 16 and a half and she had just turned 18. I'm not going to do any more math today. Yeah. (laughs) And she should serve time. I mean, she murdered someone incredibly violently. Yes. Someone who did not deserve it. Mank says to the prosecutors, this is betrayal on top of betrayal on top of betrayal. You have Sabrina betraying Lisa, Kevin betraying Lisa, Kevin betraying Sabrina, and Sabrina betraying Kevin. And the prosecutor says, it's a perfect circle. And I was like, ma'am, it's actually a square. Ma'am, it's a pyramid. That this is, is called a pyramid scheme. No, it's not a pyramid. There's it four. Is. He said, on top of this, on top of this, four? on top of this. No. Yes, it's a hierarchy. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> okay, fine. Mank said it. It's this on top of this on top Skyscraper. of this. Skyscraper. At the very least, it's a rectangle. I think it's some sort of quad quad going on. Okay, I'll accept quad, like a four square. Yeah. Where there's one and these It could two be a parallelogram. Don't do that. It could be a rhombus. It's not a rhombus. And it's not a trapezoid. Let's go. Okay, so... Lisa's two daughters. So I'm assuming this means Megan and little Haley. Yes. Filed wrongful death suits against Sabrina and Kevin, which is very interesting because that means that they or whoever is taking care of them believes that Kevin is involved. Linda, please take note. Take note. The family is now, but it could be Lisa's family and generally the victim's family believes that they are involved oh yeah they get millions eight million in damages and 1.2 million in damages for the life insurance payouts he got i guess so they get a lot of money which is great good yeah b-roll bonanza b-roll bonanza we get kayleen and carl who we saw at the beginning and never again yeah literally there's a lot of people that sort of float in and Mm -hmm. out are they walking on a beach i thought they were walking in a park 
Okay. I had a question mark by it, so I saw it in my head as a beach. It's not a beach. I don't think so. Okay. No body of water in Willoughby. Maybe there is. I don't want to say that because I've that always gets me in trouble. You know we have lakes here. Oh, boy. People get so mad. Linda is paying bills at one point. Is that what is she doing? She's at she's her. She's gonna desk. take care of business. We haven't seen that before. She's busy shuffling work. papers. It looks like she's licking envelope. Yeah, busy work. She's mailing letters. Just go about your business, Linda. Do your day to day chores. Yeah, I like that. I'm not mad at that. The social worker is sitting at a park bench table thing, mm-hmm. and just looking out into nothing, thinking about how this all went horribly wrong. Right. She's probably reguessing her entire career now, Possibly. even though none of this was her fault at all. The little town with American flags and a barber shop. Yes, they did do a lot of little town B-roll. I like that. Yeah, Americana. And the detective typing. Detective typing in daytime and at nighttime. He gets two desk B-rolls and I think our detective was in military. He has great posture. Post-its. The post-its behind his desk are lined up like little soldiers. Oh, interesting. And it's like in order of importance. Very interesting. Yeah, I, so I like it. he was taught discipline at some point. Okay, he, we also Paramore. see him driving in a suit. Yes. We have lots of random B-roll in this. It's just stock footage. Mm-hmm. Stock footage interrogation room, sort of, I don't even know what of the courtroom was that actual courtroom. Yeah, it could have been anything. Yeah, but we also get that scary kind of B-roll at the beginning where it's point of view camera. I hate Shakily that. going through the house, yeah. Yeah, the Blair Witch. Yeah. Did you watch that thing on Troubled Teen Camps on Netflix yet? No. Teen Nightmare? No. Okay. I heard about it. You should watch that. This is kind of our trio of teen stories. Yeah. That's kind of why I want you to watch it. Sorry, what's Kevin's job again? He's a driver, but what, what is his? Truck driver, bus driver, and emergency responder. This is such a weird thing for him to do has he done this before sorry i'm just going yeah, back to, to needing to talk to the ex-wife yeah we that would know. help a lot no by all accounts he was a great guy a great father that doesn't how can that be i know there had to have been signs right i would think so jokes that he made with friends about underage girls about right. being into like sweet 16 or whatever. Right, right. I can't wait for those Olsen twins to turn 18. Yeah, stupid jokes that Blech. seem innocuous that now looking back are not. Yeah. Did you have any fashion police for this? No, I didn't actually, except for Mink's great dapper look. A Mink looked great. Do you have titles though? Kevin Knafel with the knife. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Betrayal times four, because it was a quad. That's good. And then... Knature versus Knurture. Oh, that's really good. Thank you know that's good. Thank you. That's excellent. Thank you. What about getting a knaifel? What does that mean? Knaifel. Getting an eyeful. Oh, knaifel. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. I don't know why I wrote parameter of truth. I think I was trying to do something with the detective's name. I've also written here a chance for Haley, which is <laughs> not right. But I think my favorite one is, no, I cannot feel the love tonight. <laughs> Canaffle. Okay, gotcha. That's no, great. I cannot feel the love yeah. tonight. <laughs> That's good. You did much better with your K's. I'm very proud. That was good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And I know you guys are missing Twitter. And I actually have collected tweets for our last couple of new episodes, but I kept running out of time and forgetting to do them. But also, 
I need y'all's help to send me the funniest tweets because it takes me forever to go through all of the tweets. So oh, yeah. please help me out. Send a gal a tweet. Send a gal a tweet. Just send us your favorite t- tweets. If you yeah. find a tweet that's funny, send it to us. Thank you. And they always come in too late and we record the day after the episode comes out. Yeah. So definitely night up as you're seeing them send them along yeah and follow our patreon we're doing a lot of fun stuff there we're doing traders and we're doing more lives every month where we talk about random tv shows whatever we're into at the time so we will be talking about true detective and 90 day and all the stuff that we watch oh yes and just support our show it's a great way to support our show Yes, thank you. It's nice. Thank you. Check out Supercast, too. It's a great way to listen as well. And give us a five-star review, please, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. To make up for all the Lindas. Sorry, I love Lindas. All the people who say, too much talking. One star. Wow. It's a podcast. Please make up for those people by giving us a five-star review. Thank you. Too much talking. We appreciate you. And you can leave us a review on Spotify, too. That really helps. You can leave individual reviews on Spotify per episode, too. And I love those, and I can publish those if they're nice and fun. So you can just be like, I loved this episode, and leave comments. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Be your own own betrayal. Ooh, no. No, that's not right. Be there for yourself because you don't need Kevin to be there for you. Yeah, that's for real. Text yourself 1,500 times. (laughs) I'm going to text you 1,500 times this week. We're going to do an experiment. We're going to see how much that is, how that feels. Going to cry. I hate it already. How many is that a day? That's a that's I eight. Don't that's talk. eight. I know. Don't try to do math. Be your own. That's math. 80 texts a day, Kimberly, for seven days. Trust your math. No, it was for two weeks. Okay, but oh, okay. Well, no, I'm not doing that. Stay in school, learn math. That's all we're <laughs> gonna do. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. She left a one-star review for a porcelain doll that she got that she never ordered. Did not order this one star. The name on the box is not mine. One star. The address on the box is not mine. One star. The name on the box is actually my neighbor's box. One star. I opened this even though it was supposed to go to my neighbor's. One star. Because they delivered it to my house instead. (laughs) Oh, Can Linda, I leave one star. one star for the postal service? So 